The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in. But why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parham. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome in to this Tuesday edition Oxford Exxon podcast. Chase Parham, Neil McCready, Clark Ford Studio here with you today. We will... Uh, Discuss some of what Lane Kiffin said yesterday to the media. We'll talk some NFL as week one of the season closed last night. Jets uh, walking off the Bills in overtime, but not really necessarily the story of the day at all. Aaron Rodgers' uh, Achilles injury most likely and out for the season. And then uh, former Ole Miss shortstop Zach Cozart joining us. Mentioned it last week on Tuesday. The M Club Hall of Fame inductees, uh, they will appear on the podcast in the next few weeks. Zach Cozart kicking us off today. So we'll have that interview for you uh, in the stream and in podcast form as well today as we get started. Podcast brought to you by Twisted Tea. And, of course, the Oxford Exxon every single day. Let them take care of your tailgating needs this weekend. they got specials on a couple slabs of ribs. they got specials on pulled pork, side items, vegetables, beans, desserts, tons of options there, including the uh, the beer cave. Been going the last month or so, 34 degrees of goodness. Lots of alcohol options there. At Blue Sky. So check them out when you're coming into town. Stop in, stock up on your alcoholic beverages for the weekend. And again, coming to you from the Clark Ford studio. We are Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi, 662 257 1900. Call that number. Um, ask for Corey Clark. Uh, tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours, right to the bottom line. No hassle, no haggle. You get your quote. The rest will be up to you. You can shop that quote around, or you can do what I've done, what I recommend that you do. And that is hop into a Clark Ford today, 662-257-1900. Guest join on the Campbell Clinic hotline. The Campbell Clinic is in Oxford now, 2608 South Lamar Boulevard, Suite 102, just across the street from the uh, cottages at Hooper Hollow. Campbell Clinic provides full-service orthopedic care, everything from sports medicine to foot and ankle surgery to spine and total joint care to pediatric orthopedics and much more. Go to Campbell Clinic online. I'm sorry, CampbellClinicOxford.com to book an appointment online or call 901-759-3111. Walk-ins always welcome at the Campbell Clinic Monday through Friday, 7.30 a.m. to 4 p.m. And uh, by the way, I forgot to mention this yesterday, the Dead Soxy, they sponsor our MPW Digital Post Game Show. They've uh, announced a new collaboration with Ole Miss tight end Michael Trigg. It's now live on the site. That's DeadSoxy.com. 
There is a uh, another Richard Rebels podcast up this morning. Uh, Eli Acker, the guest, talked to him yesterday. So we talked a bit of outdoors, some football, discussed maybe what was said at halftime and different times over the Tulane win. On, our Ole Miss went over Tulane on Saturday as well. So that up in MPW Digital this morning. Uh, also, you know, I <clears throat> Kiffin yesterday, I guess we'll start there and we'll go to some NFL, talk to Zach. Um, he was – He's always honest. I mean, that's not nothing you're ever going to say about Lane Kiffin. Is he's necessarily hiding a ton of comments or answers. He might not say much, but what he says, he typically means. He was in a pretty decent mood yesterday, and he was very obvious with the obvious concerns, for lack of a better word, the run game, the, the things that seemed to perplex him, the two coming out of that game being why everything bogged down with Trey Harris leaving and the one player making that much of a difference, and then two – something that he says he hasn't had even at other stops as well, their lack of ability to run the football. Um, he did not get into answers because he, I mean, A, you're not going to do that on the in the press conference, and B, he might not know them. But nonetheless, I thought that was a really upfront, almost kind of, you know, we're here and it's a process thing that you don't always get from coaches. They almost kind of want to hide from some of that sometimes, go, hey, you know, we're really just working and it's whatever. And, hey, no, I'm highly concerned. I'm worried. It's it, yeah. It's a problem. There was... There was something to that in a positive way for Lane yesterday. Well, their passing game won't work if the running game doesn't Correct. keep the passing game honest. Which he talked about and which was, to me, the most interesting part of the press conference is going, hey, there's some people that just go throw that thing around when the run game doesn't work. But if well, and we that'll do beat that, Georgia Tech. That'll beat Georgia Tech. It'll beat Vanderbilt. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Hell, it might beat Arkansas. It, it, might, beat, it might beat Auburn. Might beat State. But Might beat State, but you're not beating the big boys like that. You're not. You're not. You're not going to Tuscaloosa, throwing it 65 times and winning the game. You're not, realistically, especially if Harris is out, and I suspect he is. Seems so. You know, you're not, you're not winning that way. You're not lining up against that LSU team and say, "Hey, Mason Smith, hey Harold Perkins, we're throwing it. Don't worry about run. Let them peel their ears back. You're not winning that game." He knows that. So yeah, I mean, so it neg- negatively affects the RPO. Get your quarterback hit more. Well, sure, because if it's a run-pass option and they're not worrying about the run or it's just the quarterback running, well, you know, they tee off on the quarterback. No, you don't You don't want your quarterback hit that much. You, you don't. So it's a problem. No, to his credit, I always, I've always given him credit for this. I mean, he there's a small modicum of coach speak that comes from him. Very, very little. To the point that it's – weird and we point it out when it gets any more than that you're yeah. like hold on a minute what are you doing mercer's That's gonna right. we're gonna have our hands full like no you're not <laughs> yeah. why are you saying that <laughs> <laughs> who are you shane beamer what are you doing stop hey i mean he just doesn't do that very often and that was just being respectful but it was it came across as coach speak it did yeah um Hardman said he thought harris was listed num- num- number one on the depth chart this week uh don't focus on that i, I will be yeah. blown away if Trey Harris plays this week. I know we do the depth chart jokey joke, but if you're paying attention to the depth chart that the that Ole Miss releases at this point, no. They, they forgot to update it. Yeah, Based on what little I know, that would blow me away. And, and they're not going to update it and therefore give away information to media or the opposing coaches or whatnot. They're going to at least make them prepare for Trey Harris. So, no. <laughs> Moving forward for the rest of this season, that depth chart is meaningless. Now, it was already meaningless, but now it's truly meaningless. Forget it. It's more meaningless if that is. And I know everybody wants depth charts. 
I know it. I for whatever reason I get it. Yeah, for whatever sure. reason they're like a little bit of a drug hit for people, but you've had your last taste of the drug. You know, we make this joke all the time about how he doesn't necessarily like us and he's whatever and whatever. He it's and I think it's what he liked what his team from his team because of several things here. Um one, he finally admitted that he also hates looking back on the previous game constantly on Monday because he's already oh, moved on and he's annoyed. He brought, he brought up that there's a chance of moving this Monday thing to Sunday. Um, he spun it as of the media should love that because they get everything sooner. Um, he didn't think about the fact that that's a Sunday night process now, but nonetheless. Uh, but the more interesting part of that to me was he gets tired of talking about it on Monday. Of hey, just can we just get it? Over I don't and understand move on? our and beat. It's, I don't understand our beat. It, we do this every week, and I I, 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 don't, I don't understand it. The backwards look. It's forty eight hours later, and we're talking about Tulane. Why? Now we did some other stuff because the interesting questions and answers came from, like even I asked him about, hey, you know, this is you, this is a team you beat by six touchdowns last last year, and you got Alabama in a week. Are you at all worried about an emotional sandwich here? He was like, you know, in the past you would, but now. Half the roster wasn't here, so no, not really. Yeah, he made the comment. Basically, the entire starting defense is new, so yeah, whatever. Yeah, so it's no, fine. and they're different. They they Georgia Tech's a different team, different coach, different quarterback, different everything. So no, that game doesn't really have any. He made that point. Something I've kind of noticed last year doesn't really matter anymore. The whole are y'all going to get revenge for last year? No, I mean no one's here. It's it's a t- totally different thing. But I, and I think the, the two things to spin forward from that game and the reason why I think Lane was in a pretty good mood was that he, again, emphasized he liked what he saw on Saturday for the most part from yeah. a from a resilience standpoint, the comeback standpoint, the chemistry that he had, he had hoped was true, but you don't know until you get proof of concept there inside a game that that is actually true or not. Um, there was just several things where I went, okay, he's he's all right. He didn't hate that on Saturday in a lot of different ways. He, he I mean, I think he, think he thinks Tulane's a little better than most people think they are, or at least hopes they are. Um, maybe both. Yeah. He's a lot of respect. I don't know anybody in coaching that doesn't respect Willie Fritz. Literally not one person. I've never met anyone in coaching who doesn't talk positively about Willie Fritz. So, you know, maybe, maybe that's kind of what he's referring to. He says a lot of respect for the way they played. They played with a lot of synergy. They played really hard. Um, they learned a lot, you know. They look. You can, as we hypocritically start looking back. It's okay. You can, you can take a lot of different things. Several things can be true at once. I know that's not the way that we operate in the media anymore, but several things can be true at once. That game could have could have been. Hey, they kind of dodged a bullet. Hey, they learned something. Hey, they grew together. Hey, that could have been really scary if they get the f- first down there at the twenty. Who knows where it goes? Right? Hypotheticals. But at the end of the day, they made the plays and they they won the game and they got out of there and that was a tougher environment than maybe some people thought it was going to be. Tulane's a, a good program. Fritz has done a really good job. He's a, that's a well coached team. It was obvious on TV they were a well coached team. And on and then also acknowledging, hey, we got challenges coming up that if we don't fix some things. If you thought New Orleans was inhospitable, yeah, wait till you get to Tuscaloosa. And 
You can go, well, Bama's down. Okay, well, Bama's going to be pissed. You know, Bama doesn't have multiple losses in many seasons. Now, the question is if they're good enough for it to matter. And I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that's the... You know, who knows? Again, it's kind of like the whole, nobody's necessarily scared of them the way they used to be. Well, then being pissed, okay. Right. I mean, like, if you, you, know, can't, if you don't have quarterback play, it doesn't really matter. And if Ole Miss can't run the ball in Tuscaloosa, none of it will matter. And if they don't have people to catch it. Because you won't score enough points. It was it said in the stream, and I'm kind of there, and I know we're a week away, and we're still going to spend every moment from post-game show through next week talking about Alabama after they beat Georgia Tech, but you either kind of have Franklin in preschool or you don't. It just doesn't feel like enough. Yeah, and, if, and, if, and are they healthy? Are they completely That's healthy? I mean, yeah. Are they are they dialed into the offense? I know Priestcorn is. Franklin hasn't been there, so Franklin's just going to step in and play and be hundred percent ready to go on the same page with everybody. Just boom. I mean, I'm a little cynical of that. Priestcorn hadn't played all year. Not going to be any rust at all. None. Just going to pop right in. That's not usually how it works, Joe Burrow says hello. And it's why I think Franklin is the interesting one this week is can they get him any reps at all? Because he was right. cutting last week, or, or is he yeah. close? Is he here? Yeah. Is he ready? What does that look like? Can he play some? Yeah, just enough to get a little continuity. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Can, can they pass? Can they protect better than they did a week ago? Those are, I mean, I've got – look, I mean, we talked about this yesterday. You can take the SEC as a whole – and with the exception of Georgia's defense, everything else is a giant question mark, and that includes Ole Miss. Not, I learned in a couple of emails pisses some people off, but it does. There's a lot of question marks about Ole Miss. There's more questions than there are answers about Ole Miss right sure. now, and most of the league. Frankly, the with the exception with the exception of Georgia's defense, no questions there. They're really, really good. Yeah, sure. That might be it, though. Yeah, I mean, I got questions about everybody else. Bama, LSU, Ole Miss. And then definitely. Texas A&M. Tennessee. Tennessee, Florida, Arkansas. The list goes on. Where you're like, what is that going to be? What does that look like? What if you don't have Trey Harris till Auburn? What does that look like? Can you you win a game without Trey Harris? Because that offense has been really damn good with Trey Harris on the field. And not so good without him on the field. No, I get it was Mercer in one possession, but Lane pointed out they've scored a touchdown every drive Trey Harris has been on the field. Yeah. I mean, he's got five touchdowns in two games. It's two and a half touchdowns a game. <laughs> and he only played one quarter of the – he didn't play a whole he quarter. three plays. I mean, just, you know. He played three plays. So in one game and one possession of another game, he's got five touchdowns. And in the rest of that time, they don't have five touchdowns. One of the touchdowns was scored by Jared Ivey. Oh. Got a couple of field goals and a Quinshawn Judkins touchdown. My favorite thing yesterday was actually Lane, the one time he went into coach speak, is when he was asked about Georgia Tech. Um, he was very, very, very nice because he likes Brent Key a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the answer was but, such a giveaway. <laughs> well, I mean, they got a new quarterback. I think, I, yeah, I think the quarterback's playing well. I think they run a good offense that presents some challenges. They look better on defense too, so they really do look like they're playing better than they were a year ago. Okay. <laughs> Again, there was nothing about that that went said. Oh my God, I'm scared to death on Saturday. I mean, the drama I mean, Saturday does almost cover. If you need drama, and who plays, and, and who plays, yeah, 
the first quarter is the interesting thing on who's actually out there. Yeah. I mean, my column's going to be, well, we're about to find out. I can just tell you that now. We're Bama, LSU, Arkansas. Three the, in a row. The clock starts now. Preseason's over. Clock starts now. Insert score. I don't plan to write about Georgia Tech much. No, it would not take it would, it, to get a rewrite. It would take a very close game late. And if it's what I think it will be, which is like thirty-seven to ten or something, and on Monday there's seventeen questions about the Georgia Tech game. Chase, Lane actually might Chase. I might just stand up and leave. I might just depart. If you don't have something nice to say about somebody, don't say anything at all. I might just take my mother's well, I mean, he, advice. I, I th- he was, I think, playfully picking on people yesterday, asking questions they already knew answers to. Of course. Um, I think he was playing, actually. But um, Lane, I've heard you might be a human being. Can you? Uh, it was just stuff. It just. But it felt like he was actually doing rapport for some reason yesterday than usual. You know what I mean? Because typically he wouldn't even take the time to do that. Yeah, it was a little bit of why are you. Why are we? You could tell he was like, "Why are we still doing this? We're doing this on Monday afternoon because we've always done it on Monday afternoon. That's why." I don't have a problem with Sunday. I'd rather it not be Sunday night because I don't want to give up my Sunday night. Well, Houston did honest. three on Sunday. That sucked too. Literally the last five minutes of the twelve o'clock games. It's three o'clock. And I remember. It's like vividly three forty-five, maybe. Like, like I don't. I don't want to get on a Zoom. At, 7.30 on a Sunday night. I don't want to light the grill. Being honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fine. I get it. Because here's what I don't want to do. Yeah. As we just talked, the whole inside baseball thing. If we're going to do the Sunday night, I don't want to have to come up there Monday at all. I don't want to go up. Yeah, you mon- don't want to go back for players I don't want to go back Monday. for players on Monday. Just right. deal with it. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't know. Because even when Houston did it, it was Sunday and Monday. Yeah, that was It crazy. didn't actually take a day away. It was that just was crazy. It was in addition. And people would take the Sunday thing, which was really meant just to hey, get an update on an injury or whatever, and turn it into a 30-minute press conference. Now, here's the problem with that from Lane. He doesn't give injury updates. So what are you asking on Sunday? You know what I mean? Yeah. Because you're not getting a lot of minutia, quick, turnaround stuff and so I, I suspect that a lot of the sunday thing would be people asking about the day before yeah, yeah, yeah which again i guess i could just take my computer out to the grill i was about to say why not it's the expectation that you write it immediately notes message board post Take advantage of the non-traditional format. You could do your quick hits. And just throw them up. There you go. I uh, I actually did them yesterday, and I hit refresh instead of post, and then went the hell with it. I lost the entire thing because oh. I wrote it in the content item. Yeah. And I went down. I thought to hit sticky and then hit post, and I, I don't know. I hit something else. And typically our message board is good about if you hit back, it brings everything back and kind of saves it completely blank. Oh. And went... Awesome. That was fantastic. So you just said to hell with it. Yeah. And then, I mean, he, the news value wise, he was not overly, I mean, it was an interesting press conference, but it was not newsworthy at the same time. I did what he said, what he meant. 
You did. It's up. It's up. Red Brought Ross to you on. by MyPerfectFranchise.net. So it's up. It's a really bad week of college football across the country. So if you're going to have a day where you spend it in Oxford and not worry about the other games or you do a big, a big honeydew list, it might be the week for that because it's pretty light. I mean, all all Dion jokes aside, both shows going to Colorado State, Colorado, Yeah, it shows you there ain't much going on. I mean, Florida-Tennessee is like one of the four most interesting games of the day. To me, the most interesting game of the day is LSU at Mississippi State. It might be. I mean, genuinely curious. State gets its exam. Okay, what are you? You're doing this crap for two weeks. Oh, no. Yeah, here's, are, you, are you good? Are you bad? Your, are you average? What are you? Here's your test. You've got four hours. Good luck. Yeah, it's exam time. Interested in that one. We'll see. Um, I'm kind of interested in Florida, Tennessee, except I don't really think either one's all that good. Yeah, we're we're helmet interested. It's not. Yeah, it's it's, it's it's a uniform game. I hadn't even really looked around the rest of the country. I'm I'm, I'm not top even, twenty-five games. Real quick, where is the top twenty-five? Yeah, bad content. Whatever. I'll get there in a second. Uh, we'll see. ESPN used to put top 25 as an option on the conferences, and it's mm-hmm. gone. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why. Uh, Miami plays Bethune-Cookman. Florida State-Boston College. Penn State-Illinois. Yuck. Mississippi State-LSU. Okay. Kansas State-Missouri. Yuck. I mean, I'll turn it on because I'm curious, but that's about it. Utah-Weber State. <laughs> Notre Dame-Central Michigan. Georgia, South Carolina, Alabama at South Florida. Nope. Oregon State hosting San Diego State. Mm -mm. Oklahoma at Tulsa. North Carolina hosting Minnesota. That literally might be the top three or four game of the day. It's quasi-interesting. Duke hosting Northwestern. Iowa hosting Western Michigan. Ohio State hosting Western Kentucky. Washington State hosting Northern Colorado. UCLA hosting North Carolina Central. Central. Yeah, Central. Okay. Tennessee at Florida. Um, Ole Miss, Georgia Tech. Texas, Wyoming. Oregon, Hawaii. Colorado, Colorado State. There's Those, those are your top 25 matchups this week. Gross. Seeing what time the Cubs play Saturday. <laughs> Because that, that might be what the computer's on in the press box. Yeah, Cubs play, uh, nope. No, yeah, seven ten on Saturday night. Ole Miss and Alabama slated for 2.30 next week, by the way, uh, in Tuscaloosa, the CBS game of the week. The TV schedule next week, Auburn at Texas A&M's an 11 o'clock ESPN game. Kentucky at Vanderbilt, 11 o'clock SEC Network. Ole Miss, Alabama, CBS 2.30. UTSA, Tennessee, SEC Network at 3.00. Arkansas at LSU gets the 6 o'clock ESPN night game. Charlotte and Florida is the one they just go hide wherever they can hide. Um, I'm hanging up. There you go. Um, that was actually not somebody who should know, so it's fine. Okay. Yeah. I was I was ready to get annoyed, and then went, okay, that would no, – no way anybody can know that. Um, Arkansas at LSU, Charlotte at Florida, 6 o'clock ESPN plus on that one. UAB Georgia, 630 ESPN2, just because the Bulldogs are playing. 
Memphis at Missouri is ESPNU at 6.30, and then Mississippi State, South Carolina, 6.30 on SEC Network. So that is your uh, rundown there for uh, next week. So Ole Miss, Alabama, in Tuscaloosa, 2.30 on CBS. I guess LSU, Ole Miss, probably night game, most likely. Probably? It takes Auburn and whoever they're playing to be the 2.30 game. Georgia, I think. Is Auburn, Georgia next week? Yeah. Okay. I'm assuming that's the 2.30 game. So if so, I would. Who does think, Auburn play this week? Nobody. It's is it Sanford? Sanford. So yeah. Auburn to be undefeated. So yeah, they'll take. Well, who do they play next week? Oh, I just read it. Who do they play? A and M. Oh, A and M. So I don't. Ugh. Do you go ahead and put that in, or do you six day wait on that? That feels like a six. Because if Ole Miss beats Alabama, CBS going. Hold on a minute. I'm going to turn around and take the Rebels again. All right. All right, you know so, what I mean? Yes, let's do let's do the little exercise here. Okay. Well, right. Before you do that, I'm going to read some bills. Okay. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea. It packs a flavorable punch with 5% alcohol and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team when you're tailgating. At the stadium, watching in a bar, hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate your game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. Let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. Davey Ferris of Hillco Insurance is partnered with the Grove Collective. He's donating 20% of all commissions, 10% of all renewals. On both personal and commercial insurance policies, Davey can service customers in all 50 states. He's dedicated to making sure Ole Miss Athletics succeeds in this era of college sports. Contact Davey at 214-715-7247 or uh, dferris at hillcoinsurance.com. Are you retiring soon? How long should you wait to take Social Security? Are you already retired? Should you consider Roth conversions? These are just some of the questions that can only be answered with a personalized retirement income plan. Andrew Sego with Sego Wealth Management specializes in helping folks just like you come up with their retirement game plan. You can meet him at his office in Collierville. You can Zoom from anywhere, schedule a free discovery meeting, and see what he can do for you. It's rebelsretire.com. We're brought to you by Comer Heating and Air, Southern Air Conditioning and Heating. Different names, same great people, products, and services. If you live in Oxford, Batesville, Tupelo, or the surrounding area, call Comer, 662-801-1777. If you live in uh, Hernando, Memphis, that area, call Southern, 662-429-4429. A-Stock is a Nashville-based online retail company with the mission to provide customers the power to name their price. All items start at just a dollar. That's right. Every item starts at just one dollar, no matter what the retail value may be. So shop now at astock.bid. That's A-S-T-O-C-K dot B-I-D or download their app. Name your price on thousands of items from big name retailers. Again, astock.bid. College Corners in Oxford now. If you're coming in this weekend, stop by the College Corner right off of Sisk Avenue at the Oxford Commons. More than 4,000 square feet of the best Rebel gear. Plenty of parking available. Their staff will have you in and out ready for the Grove in no time. It's collegecornerstore.com, also two locations in the Jackson area. Game Changer patches are the only two-patch system available in the market to stop hangovers before they start. you got the warm-up patch. you got the overtime patch. The all-natural ingredients will keep you in the game ready for your next play. Go to gamechangerpatch.com, promo code REBELGROVE20 at checkout for 20% off your purchase. And we're brought to you by Pinnacle, Pinnacle home to the Pinnacle 401k advisory services team. Get in touch with them. They'll conduct a complimentary, no obligation benchmarking and analysis of your current 401k plan. It's mypinwealth.com, M Y P I N N wealth.com. 
podcast is brought to you by G&M Pharmacy, 662-236-2222. They deliver locally in the Oxford area, and they offer MedSync. Fear prescriptions the same day each month and take care of you. One trip to the pharmacy, one delivery. You have everything you need when you need it with G&M. Also, to transfer your medications, you make one phone call. They take care of the rest. So whether it be Tyson Drugs in Holly Springs or G&M in Oxford, that's 662-236-2222. So if you look at the weekend of September 30th, that's what we're talking about here. You got Alabama at Mississippi State. If I'm the network people, I, I will get to see what Mississippi State does against LSU. So if they were, but it's at State? Yeah. Okay. I've got uh, Arkansas and Texas A&M. Arkansas presumably will beat BYU. I'm gambling about them against LSU. If they were to beat LSU, well, suddenly they're super attractive. If they lose to LSU, they're just blah. A&M's already lost once. A&M plays um, Auburn. ULM and Auburn. <sighs> so they'll probably be 3-1. and one. I'm six-day advancing here. I, I, I think can't. I am too. So I've got Auburn, Georgia, which has a chance of being a yuck game. I got Florida at Kentucky. If I guess if Florida beat Tennessee at home, I could, Ugh, I come could on. convince myself to do that. Kentucky will be undefeated that day because they play Akron and Vanderbilt. Sure. Well, if, if you're trying I to go, if you're trying to go, hey, we hadn't been to Lexington in a while. Let's go to Lexington and talk about horse races and bourbon. Sure, yeah, you, yeah, you, yeah, could, yeah. you could do that. Yeah, but Florida um, has to beat Tennessee. You got LSU and Ole Miss, so you got they'll get a chance to see LSU in Startville. And Ole Miss, Alabama. And Ole Miss, Alabama. They would. The concern with LSU, Ole Miss would be this. All right, so we just showed Ole Miss. They lost to Alabama, and now we're going to show them against LSU. And what if LSU loses to Arkansas? Yeah. I, I, and if I'm them, I'm like, I don't know that I want that. And so after that, it's Missouri Vanderbilt. That's out. South Carolina at Tennessee. South Carolina is going to lose to Georgia, and they might lose to Mississippi State. Tennessee's there. Here's the problem in the league this year. If the league's not any good, CBS is going to have some bad games. My guess on that is that it's either Ole Miss, LSU, Kentucky against whoever we said, Florida, Florida or A&M, Arkansas. Or A&M, Arkansas. I'm six day in it. I, I can't make that call two weeks out. There's too many games that next week that can completely screw my, my window up. Yeah, I'd like to see more, but they can only do that twice. They can only do two yeah. six days. Or you can just do that deal where you go, hey, it's at Jordan-Hare, Georgia, Auburn, next on CBS. <laughs> you can. And that's just the old thing that they always did. Because worst case scenario, it's only still just a one-loss Auburn team. Yeah, and it's the South's oldest rivalry. Yeah, I mean, that's Woo! true. Number one, Hugh Freeze. Can all, and, and then, then just grit your teeth and go... God, please, from a TV network standpoint, yeah. don't let Ole Miss beat Alabama because then I screwed up. Ginger says Kentucky struggled against Eastern Kentucky. They did. Here, here, and again, you're, that's my point, which is there is no sure thing here. Which game is going to be entertaining? Typically, LSU Ole Miss is entertaining. Yeah. Typically, Arkansas, Texas A&M, and Jerry World is entertaining. It's typically yes. a close game. It is. And you could do the Kentucky thing. You could play the Kentucky thing and go, hey, and you're probably getting a competitive game, even though it's almost like a first-round NCAA right. tournament competitive game. It's not pretty, but it's close. And CBS can't go do eight Alabama games in a year, so they, they've got to play those out. And you know they're going to want to get Alabama-LSU and Alabama-Auburn. and 
Yeah. But look, the league, if the league is what I kind of think the league is, CBS, they're going to have to go to Chili's a few times. In their final year of the deal. Yeah. Have to, <laughs> yeah. You don't get to go the to the parting this. gift is, is, is kind of rough this time. No prime steakhouse for you tonight. Nope. We're going to Applebee's. <laughs> oh, God. I mean, I know. There's right. no sure thing there. I mean, I can paint a scenario where LSU Ole Miss is super sexy. I can also paint a scenario where it's kind of blah. No doubt. I can paint a scenario where Arkansas A&M is super interesting, and I can play, paint a scenario where that sucks. Yeah. They're going to do Auburn-Georgia. It's the safest one. It is. Because Auburn's not losing to Samford. Now they could get smoked by A&M. And they can just put Ole Miss LSU at 6 o'clock at night. Yeah. Best case scenario if everything went. They could put the Jerry World game at 11. They've done that before. It's fine. Playing right out of game day. Into that at Again, 11. they like that slot. Yeah. That's a, that's a good spot. It's a good game. It's typically an entertaining game. It's going to have a good atmosphere because both fan bases show up for it. At worst, Arkansas will be three and one. Probably A and M will be three and one. You could so you could put it's that in, you put that at eleven a.m. It's a good safe spot right out of game day. Yeah, Jerry World, AT and T Stadium, all that stuff. Yeah, sure, yeah, it's fine. We'll get to Zach in the next segment. Just the way timing's worked out. Talk a little NFL. I really excited for the NFL season. Can mostly watch whichever teams are out there. It's just fun. It's you know we talk about the king and all that stuff. After week one and last night putting that on two, it's not even necessarily about liking a player or not liking a player. The few injuries over the week just put a sour taste for me. I mean, you've been waiting on this Rodgers thing for so long to see how they compete there in that in that AFC East against the Dolphins and the mm-hmm. Bills and the whole deal. He goes out after four plays. It's, it's an Achilles injury, even though they haven't officially announced that. Zach Wilson's the quarterback. Now they won the game, and they have one hell of a defense. One hell of a defense. Yeah. Um, but it is what it is. Dobbins at Baltimore out for the year. He's in a contract year and has now lost in week one. Um, the Ravens are interesting in there in the north. Um, I think the Browns left tackles out for the season. I think he tore something on Saturday. I mean, on Sunday. It just – I don't know. I kind of got done. And I know there's injuries, and it's always this case. But just something about the exact people hurt and different things kind of this morning. I went, God, that kind of sucks. Like, I'm, I'm, I kind of went down a couple – decibels if you will in my I was nfl the, fandom i was the same way i finished what he said what he meant by like 6 30 and lit the grill mm-hmm. i was excited about monday night football for the yeah. first time in bills, a long time jets. bills jets and new york september 11th all the, the stuff. and they did the pregame and aaron Rodgers running out with the flag and i was in and they stopped him on the first drive and got the ball back and the announcer, I can't remember who the announcer was. I don't remember. He said, here comes number eight. And I was like, sign me up. And then three plays later, he's done for the year. And I I, I didn't finish the first quarter. Oh, did you not? Mm-mm. I ended up flipping to Cubs-Rockies. I just, and I, I wasn't going to, I was going to watch Cubs-Rockies on my phone and yeah. watch Monday Night Football. And I was like, this is depressing. It depressed me. I have no, I'm not an Aaron Rodgers guy or whatever. Although, I, hey, Keith Olbermann, you're a total douche. He's He has brain damage. He's just gone. Just it's, You're gone, man. I mean, my God. He was beloved at one time. Wow. He was beloved in the wow. sports realm back in the day. What a evil. Oh, he's just, he's, he's gone. He's person. off reservation. Yeah, nut job. Um, 
Well, I didn't see it. So I saw Wilson take his first snap, and I was really confused. I, I was late kind of getting to it, and I'd been trying to find something to eat, did that, and I flipped the TV on, and Wilson is taking the snap. And I recognize him, and I go, hold on a minute. That's Zach Wilson. And mm-hmm. then you're going to, like, Twitter, and you're going, oh, hell. Yeah. Like, I watched it, but I was just kind of in a daze then. I was like, okay, fine, whatever. I thought that he had broken his leg. And I, th- then, I was praying he had fractured an ankle, is, honestly, because that's not not literally playing, praying, but like that's not a season-ending injury. And then it was like, oh. The cameras are so good now that yeah. you could see the calf ripple. Mm-hmm. It was the Kevin Durant. And you're like, oh, man, that's what that is. And look, he's 40. That might be it. There's a chance that's it. Three-time NFL MVP. He was so excited about being in New York. New York was so excited about him being there. That's a championship caliber team if he plays anywhere close to MVP level quarterback. Because defensively, they are loaded. They're fun defensively. Like, I want that defense. Yeah. If I can just pick a squad to watch every day, I want that defense. But I don't know that Zach Wilson can quarterback you to the promised land in the AFC. Just don't know that he can get you there. I mean, is the overreaction week one that the Dolphins are the pinnacle of the AFC East? Well, if Tua can stay healthy. Sure. It's a big if. Now, the Chargers find ways to blow games and whatever. But I'll tell you this now. I feel pretty good about my proclamation that Buffalo's window is closing. I was with you. Yeah, so. I did not like – there were several things about them I did not like this season, and last night kind of showed me that. I, I Again, I get it. If you watched them at the end of last season, you know, it got overshadowed, understandably, because of all the DeMar Hamlin stuff. But in that game where Hamlin had the, the cardiac arrest – Yeah, yeah. Had that not happened, I feel quite safe in saying, by the way, that game played start out, Cincinnati, Cincinnati was, was going to kick their ass. Yeah. And then Cincinnati went to Buffalo in the playoffs and did kick their ass. And Miami, without Tua, damn near did it the week before. Not kick their ass, but won the game. Yeah, sure. Almost won the game. It just falling off. They're falling off. You have a window and... The way the NFL salary structure is, it's super hard to maintain a dynastic team for any length of time. It's why Kansas City is like, hey, kudos, man. I mean, they're really well run. You have to be incredibly well run. You have to have some luck. And your quarterback can't just be really good. He has to be amazing. Mahomes is amazing. Josh Allen's really, really good. There's a difference. There's a difference. I mean, look at week one. Lions sort of paid off their preseason hype to beat the Chiefs. Oh, they look solid. They look really good. Yeah. Dan Campbell's a guy you can play for. I mean, you oh, all. That was a hell of a game. All in on yeah, him. Yeah, sure. Are the Rams decent? Seahawks suck. 30 to 13 in Seattle is an interesting score there. Seahawks might just suck. Yeah. See, this feels like the Geno thing's over, and it's it's it's. I cheer for Geno Smith because yeah, I, yeah. I I catch myself liking him. Okay. Okay. Sure. But I also, there's a part of me that goes, you know, the first part of last season may have been a little fluky. It's kind of like the hitter in baseball that you see him get a bunch of bloops that land and the numbers look good, but you know what your eyes tell you? Like he's not really hitting the ball that hard. That's kind of where that was. Kind of felt that way. Yeah. NFC South, as soft as it is, Saints over Titans, Bucks over Vikings, two and zero in the in the in the inner games, and then 
Falcons beat up the Panthers in a in an well, NFC South out of clash. All of, out of all of that, what you just told me, I took two things away. Uh huh. The Titans, it's over. Tannehill was god awful to a level that I can't explain the level of god awful. He's not winning. God awful. You can't win with that. And then because the Saints don't have the Jets defense, they're pretty good. Yeah, but but no, they're not that. And then Minnesota, Minnesota had a lot of fortune last year, and typically they won every one score game. Typically, regression. Karma comes back. Re- regress to the norm. Yeah, I mean not karma because they didn't do anything. Not wrong. karma, right? But just <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. But your luck runs yeah. out. The Pythagorean stuff is going to even out over yeah, time. It's the it's the baseball team that you look at them and and they've got a winning record in there, but their runs differentials minus seventy one. It's like, hey, you guys got some L's coming. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's the team that's like the Cubs, for example. I mean, the Cubs were below five hundred with the plus run differential. You're like. Oh. Odds are we're about to go on a winning streak here soon. And sure yeah. enough. Yeah. Uh, Browns suffocate, suffocate the Bengals. Um, it's one week. Not giving up on Joe Burrow and the Bengals after one week. Browns look good. Here's the thing about Burrow. It's a calf. Calf injuries are real things. Aaron Rodgers says hi. Burrow looked awful. I don't know how much you saw of it. No, no. I, I watched a good bit of it. He was... He was bad. They, their offense was completely out of sync. Now, the weather was terrible, and it was the wind and the rain, and the ball was wet, and he struggled with it. And Deshaun Watson played pretty well. They, they, were, they were pretty solid. They have typically struggled with Cleveland for the last several years, even in winning years. So it's one game, but there were some alarm bells that went off. Jags look good going to Indianapolis, do what they're supposed to do. Thought they were pretty yeah, decent. They were okay. Indy sucks. Um I thought Richardson played better than I thought he was going to play. Yeah. Thought he was okay. He was okay. He's got to be smarter about taking hits. Sure. Week this one. Is, this is the NFL, bud. You can't yeah. take those hits. Uh 49ers just lambasted the Steelers thirty to seven in Pittsburgh. No, they, they to me, all yeah. week they were the most impressive team. Because Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh looked okay. Yeah, Pittsburgh's not bad. No. Uh-uh. That was a good win. Uh, the Commanders and the Cardinals both don't even need to exist. Yuck. Whatever, don't care. Um, said Ravens knock off Texans, but Dobbins being out, huge blow to them. Yeah, there. and, and um, the Texans are horrible. In Baltimore. Horrible. They are. Packers 38-20 over the Bears. Jordan Love was okay. Um, three touchdowns. I know people are doing the the Matt Corral and stuff. You Right now, no NFL team can gamble on Matt Corral. No, no, no. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. No. I hope Matt's okay. I hope he is too. But yeah. Matt playing football. It's right not guys, about football. It's right not now. about football. Nothing to do with his cut was football related, guys. Uh -oh. Um it was not about his his talent. Uh, Raiders 17-16 over the Broncos. Sean Payton losing a game in his debut. He should have won um, there in uh, in Denver. Eagles 25-20 over the Patriots, but they were they kind of dominated the game. I, I kinda, yeah, it was I a good, good game. Yeah, it's a good, good game. game. Uh, we mentioned the Dolphins over the Chargers 36-34 there. Is that was your game of the week. The Chargers just – I don't believe in them. Herbert's a hell of a quarterback. He's, he's that. But I don't believe in them. They were they remind me of those Breeze Saints years where they threw up all the numbers but just lost because the defense sucked and you go you'd go eight and eight and look up and Breeze threw for fifty two hundred yards and, and it's go. just in the NFL it's the, the strategy of hey let's just outscore everybody every week nope. <laughs> that's just not that doesn't work nope 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 and then again hell of a week by the Cowboys they're not forty points better than the Giants it was a weird football game. They're better than the Giants. Don't get me wrong. It was a bizarrely weird football game. I'm not going, oh, well, wow. The Giants are going 0-16 and, and the Cowboys are going 16-0 and because of that one effort. It just did not mm, look no, like that. No. Um, and I then, feel safe in saying neither of those things will happen. And then I thought, I, I know they scored 16 points. It wasn't pretty. I think when Kamara gets back, the Saints offense is decent. They're yeah. okay. They're just, I mean, they have no running back. So it's. And yeah. I get it, running backs don't matter in the NFL and all that stuff, but you need something. Well, full full circle to what Kiffin said. If if the other team knows you can't run the ball, it allows them to defend you differently. That's why Kiffin said we could throw it 65 times and have success, but that success will be fleeting. And the Titans are better on defense than they are offense. It's offense where they just... Tannehill, 16 of 34 for 198, no touchdowns, three interceptions. QBR of 10.3 on a 0 to 100 scale. <laughs> Derek Carr, 23 of 33, 305, 1 and 1. Did get sacked four times. What was his QBR? 62. Yeah. 62.6. Solid. But from a run game standpoint, the Saints ran the ball 27 times for 69 yards, an average of 2.6 yards per rush. Jamal Williams was the starting running back, 18 carries, 45 yards. Mm. Just tough sledding. Yeah. Tough sledding. Derrick Henry, 15 for 63, averaging 4.2 in game one of the season. Tajay Spears, by the way, back in New Orleans, three carries, 27 yards. Good day there. 17-yard long for uh, Mr. Spears. So, anyway. Was the game fun? Yeah, I mean. Atmosphere and whatnot. There was lots of Titans fans. Saw that most of the time, even just like around the weekend. I was talking to a couple people about it. Because of the way the schedule works, it's an easy drive for for Nashville people, and mm -hmm. you only get it once every eight years. Yeah, so like that was going to be an obvious one, but I mean, it's a destination game for opposing right. fans. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. Vegas, and there was some Ole Miss double ups, Titans yeah. fans, right. Ole Miss fans. So you could come down if you're Titans and do kind of the the, the double up. Was there, it a big so. crowd at the dome? It was full. They, you know, there was tickets the whole time available. Um, but it's people who have them up in case they sell them, they sell them, but then they're showing up if they don't sell them. Oh. So, like, you look at the sheet and you're going, my God, there's green dots everywhere. 
but then it's still full and it's whatever you know and and, and whatnot. Um, the Saints were only six and ten in their last sixteen home games prior to Sunday. I mean, the dome has not been a kind, cozy place here in the last few years because the Saints have been pretty average. Um, but they've actually been better on the road than at home. Yeah, I mean, the only the team, that, only team in the NFL that really has a home field advantage is Seattle because their fans, their fans are so loud. <laughs> Well, that's what I was amazed. I mean, if the Rams go in and beat you thirty to thirteen, I mean, what the hell does that say about everything? I mean, it tells I mean, you the Rams are just a roll without Cooper Cup. I mean, amazing because I mean he doesn't have a hamstring right now, so I don't know what that means. If they don't get him back, they have. Oh no, no, no! San Francisco's in that division. Yes, there's a problem waiting at some point, and it's, San Francisco's a San Francisco's a handful. They're really good. So, Purdy's Purdy's okay. He's fine. No, yeah, no problems there. He's not. He's not a bottom half NFL quarterback. No, at Purdy all. was an evaluation mistake by the entire league. Proof that it's not a science. Yeah, he, he's the, he, not to this degree, but it reminded me of it. Always floats around the scouting report for Chipper Jones that went around to that one scout who said basically he sucked, <laughs> and he turned the report in and it was like average, average, average. Oh, this God. doesn't care enough about the game, oh, like God. all this stuff. And no. <laughs> Hey, hey, John. Um, yeah, not not your best eval. No, 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 didn't the way it worked out. So anyway, but I mean, hey, look, every NFL team passed on Tom Brady multiple times. Yeah. Every NFL team passed on Brock Purdy multiple times. It's a quarterback. Humans making evaluations. People make mistakes. Yeah. So. All right, we'll go to Zach Cozart in one second. For you, I'll tell you about John Steele Creamery, johnsteelcreamery.com. Football season, time to get your tailgate packages. They feed 10, 20, or 40, depending on how much food you need. You can order there on the website and pick up at Chicory Market to specify the game you're ordering for. If you'd like to pick up on Friday or Saturday, they have a limited number of grazing tables and much more. Again, their uh, large specialty trays are outstanding. That's their artisanal Cheese trays they make in-house all the time. The charcuterie trays, the sandwich trays, cheesecake dip, desserts, whatever you need. They will take care of you. So you can order online, johnstonhillcreamery.com or 662-419-9201. Brought to you by John Edwards, Regency Travel Incorporated in Memphis. If you're thinking about a, a summer vacation for next year, or maybe a holiday trip for this coming winter, get in touch with John. Uh, just give him some parameters. Give him a budget. He's going to give you options that you won't find on your own. He'll help you make a special trip, one that creates a lifetime of unique memories. 901-494-3387 or Edwards at regencytravel.net. Oxford's uh, newest Greek restaurant on the square is the perfect place to plan your Christmas party, your fabulous uh, festive party event, your company dinner. Fabulous food, great craft libations as well. Opa can accommodate up to 200 guests to learn more. About catering or booking information, contact Jeannie at 601-421-7147. The same holds, for, by the way, for rafters, um, music and food. If you're thinking about a party, that kind of thing, don't forget about rafters. You can also get in touch with Jeannie there. Again, 601-421-7147. We're brought to you by Service Specialist Staffing and Recruiting Agency. Uh, if your company is looking to hire quality, hard-to-find talent, service specialists can help. Keep in mind that payment of service is solely contingent on if you decide to hire a candidate that they send, you have nothing to lose, so give Will, Sydney, or Kelsey a call at 662-832-5138 or check out their new and improved website, servicespecialistltd.com. Get the beautiful and healthy smile you deserve at Corinth Dental. Dr. Bubba McQueen, Dr. Jenny Beth Hinder are devoted to restoring and enhancing the natural beauty of your smile using conservative, state-of-the-art procedures that will result in a beautiful, long-lasting smile. From routine checkups to advanced treatment, including implants and Invisalign, Corinth Dental is here to help you achieve your smile goals. Schedule your appointment today. Take the first step toward a better version of yourself. It's CorinthDental.com. 
I mentioned what he said, what he meant. That's up at rebelgrove.com. It's brought to you by myperfectfranchise.net. Are you a displaced corporate executive wanting to put your career in your own hands? Are you an experienced entrepreneur looking to diversify? Either way, Andy Ludeke can help. He owns multiple franchises and businesses and uses his expertise to help others find their American dream through a very thorough and free consultation process. So call Andy, put your life and your career in your own hands. It's 100% free. You've got nothing to lose. Find your perfect franchise at myperfectfranchise.net or Andy at myperfectfranchise.net or call him at 404-973-9901. Got time to worry about those Christmas lights and let Heavenly Sunshine help you out with that. While they're beautiful, they can be a lot of work, so they take the hassle out and do the work for you. With a full-service installation plan, when they install, take down, even store the lights in the off-season, using commercial-grade LEDs that are 100% customizable for your home or business, they take care of the lights while you take care of the gifts. Book in the month of September. When you do that, you get a free 30-inch lighted deluxe wreath. That's uh, MPW10 for the code for that. They've been serving the Mid-South for over four decades. Full-service commercial and residential property maintenance, including power washing, soft wash roof cleaning, facade cleaning, and window cleaning. That's HeavenlySunshine.com or 662-342-1203. And now we will uh, head over to the hotline and talk to former Ole Miss shortstop MLB player as well for a long time, Zach Kozart. Zach, really just uh, good to see you again. It's been a little while. Um, I, I got on the beat in 2006, so I had your last couple years, and then I've watched, obviously, you progress through professional baseball and um, all the way through a really brilliant career. And I, we're going to get through a good bit of that, but I want to start here. Just, you know, you get the call, the M club hall of fame being inducted here in November. What does that mean to you? I mean, a place where you went to college, spent so many years and now knowing that you're a hall of fame member for, uh, for that place. Oh, I mean, it means a lot. Um, Ole Miss. I mean, I grew up in Memphis, which in my opinion is Ole Miss country. Um, so being a huge fan my whole life growing up, my whole family, and then getting to go there and, you know, being on what I consider the first few teams to kind of catapult um, the program that Ole Miss is today. Um, and to be able to, you know, be a Hall of Famer, it's awesome. My teammates obviously were a huge part of that. Um, getting a call from one of my former teammates, Anthony Cups, um, was cool. And, um, you know, I'm excited. It's, it's, I mean, I haven't necessarily been back to Oxford as many t- as much as I want to, but um, it, it is almost like a second home to me. I tell everybody when it comes to um, my time at Ole Miss, um, besides my family and my son and stuff, I would kind of trade anything to, to kind of go back for those three years. That's how much fun um, and how to play baseball and everything. So um, it, it, it means a ton. Um, I know Coach B and and everybody, um, I got a lot of people to thank, but yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Tell me about that call. Did you know it was coming at all? I mean, did, you know, had you been keeping up with Anthony at any point? I mean, that call comes in. What uh, what happened there? Well, I was on the golf course, and so <laughs> shocker for me. But uh, I was like, "Oh, Cubs is calling." It's probably pretty important. We don't talk on the phone that often. Um, so um, yeah, got it. Got me on there. I'm I'm on the tee box actually. I was like, "Hey, what do you got? What's going on?" And uh, he's like, man, I just wanted to call and congratulate you on being, uh, you know, inducted into the Hall of Fame or voted on to be inducted to the Hall of Fame. I'm like, oh, man. Uh, I'm like, I'm sorry that this has to be such a short combo, but I'm about to tee off. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, yeah, it was it's surreal. I mean, my Ole Miss, like I said, Ole Miss time, you know, my wife was there with me at Ole Miss. There's just so many memories that come flashing back 
Um, it seems like, you know, I just turned 38, seems like forever ago. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, uh, you know, I'm super proud of it. That's for sure. So do you leave your ringer on one on the golf course? Did your watch buzz? I mean, how, how do we even know the call came in? I got, I got my Garmin, so okay. I, don't, I don't have the ringer on for etiquette purposes. But, uh, yeah, I got I had a little vibration. I'm like, usually it doesn't vibrate too many times because it's like a text or something. But it was uh, Anthony calling. I'm like, oh, this seems important. What's the, what's the handicap at these days? Yeah, I'm a two right now. Okay. Right. Uh, you can say it without dropping your head. That's a good thing. Well, okay. I mean, it's not bad, but I'm kind of in this, I'm in limbo right now where I'm like, I got pretty good pretty quick. And then it's like that last couple points to get down to a scratch golfer. It, it, I mean, I'm pretty jealous of those guys on TV. That's for sure. Yeah, I'm shocked the lead athlete has good hand-eye coordination and can figure out the ball. I'm not blown away by that, Zach. I can hit the ball, that's for sure. But it is frustrating that I can hit a baseball coming in, moving all over the place, and I and sometimes that golf ball seems harder to hit. Tell me a little bit about your recruitment. I mean, when when you're coming out of high school, obviously pretty highly recruited, but you know, at what point did did Ole Miss come into focus for that, and and what all was involved with that? Yeah, it's kind of funny. Um, I had kind of. I, I, my whole family's Ole Miss fans, but my some of my coaching from Little League all the way through high school, uh, what, one of them was Jay Porter, who's, you know, the late Ryan Porter's dad. Mm-hmm. Um, he went to Mississippi State, so he would take our team down to Mississippi State. And uh, and I was like, man, this is awesome, like seeing Mississippi State. And, and then, you know, um, on TV at that time, I believe Khalil Green was the shortstop of Clemson. And right. – and I was like, man, this guy's the man. And I love Clemson. I love their unis and everything. So, like, I kind of – I was I was lucky in a sense that, you know, I got to have a – to meet with those teams, I guess you should say. I took a, a visit on to Clemson, and I was really leaning towards Clemson, to be honest with you. Um, but then it kind of – you know, Coach McDonald was that, that at that time the recruiting coordinator, and he's like, dude, I'm not letting you get away. You live less than an hour from us. Like, what do we got to do? And so at the end of the day, it was more of had nothing to do with like scholarships or anything. It had to do with my dad being able and my family being able to come watch me play more. Um, it would be easier being in Memphis to, to come watch me play every weekend than me being out in Clemson. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of how I went through. And Coach Mack, you know, he's that guy's a master recruiter mm-hmm. uh, and he doesn't take no for an answer, which I loved. Um, and it turns out it was the best thing for me because obviously – um, Ole Miss was great to me and helped me with my future. You know, as you mentioned, Ole Miss still building at that point. They host an 04 right around the time that, you know, you're committing and you're having, you're about to get there and you guys go on that big run of a uh, of regional host. Yeah. You know, wh- where did you sort of see the Ole Miss program? I mean, obviously Mike and Dan are selling a vision there, but when you're coming through high school and going to college, I mean, what, what was sort of your thought of Ole Miss as a program? You know, I had, it's like I said, I had kind of come up with some guys. My coaching had went to Mississippi State, and so I was more knowing mm-hmm. that Mississippi State was good. And so I loved Ole Miss, but I would go down to the football games. I never went to a baseball game or anything. And then I think um, getting to meet with Mac and Coach Bianco at the time and their passion and like like I said, neither of them kind of took no for an answer. And then um, you know I. I didn't know I wasn't projecting that we were going to be as good as we were and that quick. But after I got on campus and I kind of saw 
you know, the Stephen Heads and the Petways of the world. And then we had, you know, really good pitching that year, my freshman year. And it was like, hey, we got a chance. And then it just so happened from a luck standpoint, in my opinion, from a timing perspective, that shortstop was kind of the only spot that they needed. They had everything covered. And then as a freshman coming in, I was like, oh, man, I got a chance to make this team and not have to redshirt because of, you know, shortstop being there. So, um that's that's kind of how it was and I you know like I said I didn't necessarily project or think we were going to be as good as we were as soon as we were but I mean when you got you know looking back on it with Stephen Head and Petway and Holloman and um Maloney Cooper there's ton, all I mean almost every position would seem like we were good so um it was uh not surprising to see how good we were Ole Miss has been pretty dominant with shortstops and catchers throughout, and you, you're one of the, the leaders from that shortstop position. You're the first freshman to start under Mike during his uh, his tenure, and you had mentioned, obviously, Ryan there going in. I mean, do you recall anything from, you know, that competition and coming in and maybe what you were thinking when you do get the nod, you know, I guess not opening day, but right after that and kind of held the position the rest of the time? Yeah, I mean, honestly – you know, you want to impress your coaching and everything, obviously. But for me personally, I kind of went into it to try to win over the trust of the team. Um, you know, the leaders of the team, the Stephen Heads, the Petways. And I felt like for me personally, if I could prove to them that I can help them win, um, then it kind of makes Coach Bianco's decision pretty easy. And so I just remember going through fall and that was kind of a battle between me and Ryan. And um, I played pretty good. And I just remember hearing some chatter of, you know, the guys in the clubhouse about how, I mean, it seems like, you know, it's kind of a no brainer who's going to win that spot. And that's, that was more important to me than like necessarily, I knew coach Bianco at the end of the, at the end of the day, he was the one that's making the call, but you know, you got to earn your teammates respect that, you know, the guys that are the juniors and seniors kind of, you know, you want them to know that you got their back and, and everything. So, um, like I said, I heard some chatter and then it kind of worked out pretty good. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, trying to earn their respect. Are you surprised that the, uh, the blonde hair at shortstop has made its way two days, <laughs> decades later and still stuck. I tell you what, it's pretty impressive that it's gone that long. Like you said, I mean, it's so weird how different programs have different, um, positions that do well mm -hmm. and it just seems like short shortstop at Ole Miss is just like you go there and play shortstop you're going to have a very good opportunity to be really good and go on to the next level um it's been kind of crazy to see the consistency of uh of shortstops I mean I'm going to throw Matt Tolbert in there he was the guy before me and mm -hmm. um and then and so like I kind of looked at him even when he would come back when he was I think I was a freshman maybe a sophomore and he was coming back from his like to practice with us and stuff. And I was paying attention to him. I mean, he, he might not know that, but I was like watching him and seeing how he went through things. And, um, and so like, yeah, there's just a long line of shortstops, man. It's, it's pretty crazy. Um, I'm happy to be a part of that and the blonde hair, you know, it is what it is. Hopefully I, I probably shouldn't have done it cause I'm kind of fading up top, but uh, don't <laughs> tell the kids coming in that yeah. uh, there's a possibility that when you do about 15 years, you might have to go bald. But other than that, uh, no, it, it was, it, it was cool. And it's cool to see that tradition keep going. When I mentioned your college career, what sticks out? I mean, you have one or two memories or, 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 or you know, feelings, people, relationships. I mean, what do you, what do you take from those three years? Honestly, everything sticks out. I mean, from the how awesome the coaching was for me personally, um, and 
I mean, my, the guys I talked to to this day are, were my teammates. Some of my, my best friends were they were in my wedding. Were my teammates at uh, at Ole Miss. Um, the there's nothing like and I tell this to anybody that ever asked my opinion on should I go pro or should I go to college. All this stuff I might go to college. There's nothing. In college, every game is very important, and so you have this sense of urgency consistently. When you get to pro ball, it couldn't be more opposite, where you have such a long season that you know you're going to lose, and all the. In college, you're like, hey, especially the caliber that Ole Miss is, hey, we got to get going, step it up, and um, you know, I I I missed I missed that when I even when I was in the big leagues, like that's just. It's, you know, playing baseball, it's fun and it becomes a business when you get up there and that amateur part of it at Ole Miss to where you're just like, you literally don't care at all what happens if, as long as you get that W um, from a personal perspective. So, um, like I said earlier, I would go back to Ole Miss in a second and take those three years over all my career in pro ball or whatever at the big leagues because I, I just think it's the most fun I ever had playing baseball. Just kind of curious, it stuck when you mentioned Dan there a few times. I know you were with the Bats in Louisville for a little bit. Did you see him during that that time that you guys were carried over some when you were there? Yeah, I've uh, I've kept up with Coach Mack. Um, I firmly believe I give him all the credit for how um, I developed as a shortstop defensively. I mean, he was on me nonstop. I mean, and I think it. I think Ole Miss still does this too, um, even to this day without Coach Mack. But they're they. You know, he would chart ground balls every practice, every if your errors are being charted. So it even in practice, like don't make mistakes, like pay attention to detail, all this stuff. And I learned that from Coach Mack. I mean, he uh, I mean, he stayed on me nonstop in, in a good way. And uh, yeah, we still talk. I, I spoke at his um, a banquet of his his uh, kickoff banquet up mm-hmm. for Louisville baseball. Um, I went and saw him. Um, was it two years ago when they were in the regional at Texas A&M? So we've, we've kept up a little bit. He was down here in Houston at that little classic they play, um, I guess the college tournament or whatever. Um, I saw him. So, yeah, Coach Mack, you know, I give him, you know, of the few coaches that I feel like catapulted me for my whole career, Coach McDonald's, one of them that, you know, is at the top. The major renovation to Swayze happened a couple years after you left, and then obviously Mike, getting over the hump team, winning the national title in 2022, I guess, how much were you keeping up with things at the time? And when, what does that, what would it kind of mean to you when they finally pulled it off? Cause I know Mike and Carl and a bunch of those guys had talked about that. It kind of seemed like there was so many fingerprints and so many, so closes that didn't quite get there. And then finally to, uh, to, to hold the trophy. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was pretty surreal, even as a spectator. I mean, obviously I, I'm, I'm just a fan now. And so, um, it just shows you how cool it is when a team can come together because they probably shouldn't even have made the tournament and they did. And it doesn't matter obviously now. And, um, to see them kind of gel as a team, you know what I mean? It was, it was really, uh, cool to see. And obviously, you know, coach B coach laugh was my first base coach, my, my junior year. Um, it's, it's cool to see those guys succeed. Um, like I said earlier, I feel like, 04, 05, 06, 07 kind of got Ole Miss on the map from a Nationals perspective because we were playing so well and then um, being so successful, the recruiting. I mean, to me personally, they get the new stadium, they get the new weight room and everything. I mean, 
you if if you're a kid on a on a recruiting visit going to Ole Miss, really any SEC school, but I'm I'm biased to Ole Miss, and you go into recruiting, I mean, how do you not commit like right away? I mean, it's pretty unbelievable how awesome um, the facilities and you know obviously the coaching and the winning tradition there, the crowd, um, and so yeah, I mean it's all that came like rushing back. I did. I mean it was it was cool to see. Like I said, um, I mean. I think all of uh, Ole Miss Nation was pretty excited on that. Who's the toughest pitcher you faced in college? Ooh, uh, I'm gonna go with Ho Shaver. Okay, freshman, my freshman year, he was that he was the big dog in Tennessee. So he he was I was kind of deer in the headlights. I think that was our first Friday night, um, my freshman year, my first SEC Friday. And it was first uh-huh. him. And I was like, well, this is a di- little different level here. So I'm going to have to step my game up on <laughs> if I want to play in this league. Yeah, I was going to predict Ho Shaver or Price is where you're going. I was curious which one. Yeah, Price, I mean, I mean, you're just kind of like – Six yeah, and one, right? Both guys are just unreal. And if you, if you have semi-success off of them, you're feeling pretty lucky. What about the pro level? Who was the toughest? We got, or was there like one dude that you know you just simply couldn't get to and see the uh, same? Guy? There was, I, I don't know my numbers or anything in particular off this guy, but there's one guy that I hated to face, and it Justin Masterson, and which is no one would guess that, but it's this dude for he, he played forever in the big leagues, but he was this righty that. He just slung these nasty sinkers at like 97 miles an hour. And he, and I don't think he really had any idea where he was throwing the ball. And so like, he might hit you, he might dot it on the outside corner. And so it's just a really uncomfortable at bat. And so that's kind of how I look at it. It's not necessarily how good a stuff somebody has. I mean, Kershaw's one of the best I ever faced, but I'm not uncomfortable because he has such good control. He's probably mm-hmm. going to get me out. But I'm not uncomfortable. Yeah. The guys were throwing it up at your head and then throwing those are the guys I'm like, no, nah, I don't really want to face this guy. And I'll actually funny, the other guy is a Dylan Patances. He's a reliever. He was a reliever for the Yankees. And so about the All-Star game in 2017, I actually went into that telling my teammates, I said that I don't I don't care to face anybody. I don't I'll face anybody, but I do not want to face Patances because he's that same mm-hmm. wild. And of course, first at bat, that's who I face. Um, and I ended up getting a hit off of him. I think I closed my eyes and just swung, but yeah, it was, it, there's just those guys that are just like naturally wild are the ones that I always never wanted to face. A little frustrating to get it done in an all-star game instead of like something that you know, <laughs> counted or mattered a little bit. Right? Uh, just, uh, just close your eyes and swing and you'll be all right. Yeah. Uh, that, make, that makes sense. I get that. What are you, uh, what are you doing now? What's going on with you? Man, I golf. Yeah. Uh, I have my sons in school down here in Houston. Um, we travel at my wife, uh, my brother-in-law. He does a lot of like dirt track racing, mm-hmm. like World of Outlaws type, like sprint cars. And so we'll drive up there to like the St. Louis area, watch him do that. Um, my son loves to get out there and, you know, hang out in some RVs and stuff up there. You know, that's about it. I got three dogs and we just, I'm really kind of like a under the radar, just, not a big publicity guy, just kind of do my thing and um, try to perfect golf, which is impossible. That's why I love it. What uh, what teammates you talk to the most? Who are you still close with? Uh, my three main 
guys, I'd say, well, I, I am in a fantasy football league with almost all my teammates from oh, there you go. So I got Justin Henry, John John Hancock, Overbeck, JoJo Tan, uh, Alex Presley, Alex Kleeman. Um, I'm leaving out some guys. I'll probably get ticked off, but uh, yeah. So my, my, I mean, the guys that are in my wedding: JoJo, Cody Overbeck, Logan Power. Um, those are like my three um, main guys from Ole Miss. That you know, um, whenever I'm doing like a guys trip or something, where those are those are the three we're usually with. You still trying to find golf courses on the guys trips? Is that the deal? Like, you building around golf? Well, I, I do, but you know. I mean, obviously I'm retired, so it's easier for me to get away. And I'm like, when, when's our next golf trip? And they're like, dude, we got to work and stuff. So, uh, yeah, we went out to Bandon, um, Bandon Dunes up in Oregon yeah. a few years ago. All, all That whole crew, basically, that I just said, um, we went up there um, and it was fun. Which one of the Bandon courses was your favorite? Hmm. I like Sheep Ranch. It's the newest one out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there was uh, I can't remember the one, but it's more. Uh, it's not on the beach. It's in like the woods, abandoned uh, trails. Yeah, trails. So, and I thought that was an awesome course. So, yeah, I mean, they're all they're all amazing. I mean, it, the the coolest thing about Bandon is you got to go, and you know, it was pouring rain one time, and you're just out there golfing, and you're you're there for the experience. So you're out there in the pouring rain golfing. The winds are thirty miles an hour, and so we had a blast. But yeah, if if anybody's watching and needs a golf trip that's like the the ultimate like band and dunes you gotta do you've seen all the levels obviously Ole Miss with the the latest shortstop success Jacob Gonzalez taken in the first round this past summer as he, as he makes his way through what are the sort of adjustments and things that you know you, he, he probably needs to perfect as he tries to move through the ranks you know what what i what I feel like I kind of found out Going up, I feel like everybody at that level, even in like low A to triple A, they're all talented, in my opinion. I think it's like a mental, the, you got to get over that. It's it's mentally pushing yourself because you know everybody around you is really good and you're not necessarily the best out there anymore. And so you just have to like keep pushing from a mental perspective. The guy's as talented as anybody, you know, it's like – um I loved watching him play. He's super unassuming, which I love. Um, he just plays the game and he's quiet. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it, the game, I, I, me and my buddies always talk about, and Cody Overbeck and these guys, I mean, those, these guys that are playing around in my, they're, they're way better than I was. Like, it's not even close to me. Like, I think that they are more polished from hitters, like, and all this stuff. And, Jacob's the same. I thought I think he's a better hitter than I ever was, and I think he's got a a really good chance. It's just you know, keep keep doing what you're doing. You can't. It's such, I mean, it's such a long year. I mean, this first year that he's up there, I mean, it doesn't even really. I mean, it matters, but you just mm-hmm. got to kind of get your feet wet and grind through it, and then work out hard in the off season and get going next year. And um, he's going to be just. He's going to be good. Um, but yeah, I say that to everybody. It's it's such a grind. It's such a different. Um, I mean, you're going from college where you get everything kind of, especially at Ole Miss, you got all these nice facilities and everything. If you're, I don't know where these guys are playing right now, but when I was, you know, low A and stuff, facilities aren't necessarily the best, and mm-hmm. you're traveling on buses everywhere, and so it's just the find that balance and um, 
you know, they'll be fine. They're, uh, I've, I've seen a few highlights of Elko hitting. Uh, yeah. He seems like he's hitting just fine. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it takes a little adjustment, but I think that they're going to, they're going to be good, especially, you know, Jacob will be just good. It's just increases and in the importance on fitness and nutrition, specialization. I mean, what, what do you make of the guys potentially being better all around these days? You know what? I, I don't know. I don't know if it's, um, I know from a pitching perspective, it's just more of like uh, maybe year-round pitching, which I don't necessarily agree with, like from a velocity perspective. But kids, yeah, I think, you know, when I was in high school, I didn't lift weights. Um, I didn't lift weights until I got the Ole Miss. I think I weighed 165, and then all of a sudden I lift weights for like four or five straight months. I get up to 190. I'm like, what the heck's going on? I didn't even know I could grow like this. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that they're coming into – college stronger they're um you know probably have better people teaching them in high school i don't know mm-hmm. i mean it's 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 it, there's a lot that goes into it um i know it's super competitive you know at the perfect game stuff they do in high school and all this rec- um recruiting stuff that goes on and so um like i said i mean these kids these kids are just I mean, even all the way up to the big leagues, I mean, every kid that comes in that's, you know, a random call-up is throwing 100 miles an hour, and um, the game's hard. Um, it's already hard when they're not doing that. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I just – from a, I don't know what it is, but I, maybe it's just, just evolution or whatever, but they're just – to me, they're just they, – they, they seem to be better. And maybe it's because they also have to – you know, with the dead and bats and the way the mm-hmm. ball is, like they have to learn how to hit more in college than rely on the bat. Um, for all the power and stuff. So that could be it too. Yeah. Well, you're def- definitely well accomplished, well deserved. We will uh, see you here in early November for the uh, Hall of Fame induction. Appreciate the time. Let's uh, let's talk again. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Chase. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Okay. Go ahead. We good now? Yeah. All right. Zach Cozart there with us this morning. Again, an M-Club Hall of Fame inductee for this year. Ceremony November 2nd, coming up Thursday. I think part of A&M is what week that is. Tickets on sale yesterday for that as well. Find a link for that for you. But uh, anyway, we'll get to uh, those every single week for the next few weeks. Thanks to Zach for his uh, time. Podcast brought to you in part by the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation. Season tickets for men's basketball, women's basketball, they are on sale now. You can find out more on that at OleMissTicks.com. Women's basketball tickets, just $50 per season ticket. Then the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation is starting their pledge per win and pledge per touchdown campaigns for football. Give to Athletics.com. That's G-I-V-E-T-O, Athletics.com to sign up today. Southern Traditions Farm is a 68-acre, 32-stall, upscale equestrian training and boarding facility in Canton, Mississippi. Two sand rings, a grass ring, miles of wooded trails. So much offered at Southern Traditions, including horseback riding offerings. Uh, you can buy your first horse, compete at nationally recognized competitions, and everything in between. Also, it's a great venue for uh, events, corporate outings, that kind of thing. So get in touch with them on Facebook or Instagram at Southern Traditions Farm. Would you like some peace of mind knowing that your roof is taken care of? Whether you need an inspection, a new roof, or a maintenance program, Riverland Roofing has you covered home or business. As a GAF Master Elite contractor, they can offer warranties that last a lifetime. Licensed and insured, Riverland services Mississippi and its surrounding states. Text or call Riverland today at 662-644-4297. 
Are you ready for the ultimate college experience? Welcome to College Town, Oxford, your new home away from home. They know you want the best, and that's exactly what they offer. No more long commutes or missing out on campus events at Ole Miss. College Town, Oxford is right next door to the University of Mississippi campus. It offers spacious two, three, four, and five bedroom cottages, each with individual leases because they believe in flexibility and simplicity. Their incredible amenities will make you feel like you're living in a resort, whether it's a weekend binge watch session or hosting the best game day parties. You'll do it in comfort and style, cheering on the Rebels with your friends. Uh, Don't break up the game. Grab your friends, pick out your favorite floor plan, reserve it today at College Town Oxford. Text their VIP list today to be the first to know when their leasing for fall 2024 is open. 662-300-3733. Primeshrimp.com. Sorry, I was reading two different things. Uh, Podcasts are brought to you by Primeshrimp.com. Seven different flavors available for you. The Signature, the New Orleans-style barbecue. A lot of options. Great for uh, lunches, snacks, high-protein options there for you throughout the day. And then dinner at night. A lot going on. Kids are busy. Let Prime Shrimp help you deliver directly to your door. You throw them in the freezer. Then 10 minutes of freezer to plate with Prime Shrimp. We can help you out. You buy five pouches or more. Use code RG. And you get 25% off. So stock up on your favorites. Try some you haven't tried yet. They've got the full meals on a bag, like the, the garlic herb butter, the French Quarter Alfredo, and more. So again, that is primeshrimp.com. Use code RG at primeshrimp.com. Again, thanks to uh, Zach for joining us here uh, here today. The one thing that we were just kind of talking after the video, and he, he told the story that the blonde hair thing that all, so many Ole Miss baseball fans have become accustomed to from a shortstop over the last years. He was the second one. Matt Tolbert was the first that it, it almost ended after two seasons. He, uh, he, he did it in 2006 and was going to stop that next year. Just didn't think it was whatever. And they were doing the autograph session at Tad Smith Coliseum at the time where they pick a November, December basketball game and the baseball teams there. And Dan McDonald's kid, Justin had gone up and down the line and he was really young now because I think Justin's graduated from either Ole Miss or state. I forget which one is at which he has uh, kids at both schools or a kid at both schools. And he couldn't find Zach cause he'd been looking for him with the blonde hair and he, he couldn't find him. And that is the impetus for it continuing the oh. third season. And it is now, I guess almost two decades old at this point. So it will be two decades old next season. So. Is it a requirement that the short top bleaches here? It's, it's, it's a, it's a suggestion, kind of like voluntary workouts or suggestions uh, for NFL players in the offseason or college players in the offseason. Yes, it is. It is. It is highly recommended. I guess you would you would say. Now, if you have a battle, it's a bit of a weird deal because does everybody do it? Like it's it's the guy. You know what I mean? What would you do if you had a redheaded kid win the shortstop job? I don't know. Because let me go through it. Tolbert Cozart. I mean, they, they actually they had a little bit of battle from time to time and still had. I guess like Anderson did it even when he wasn't necessarily the everyday guy because Blake Navalu was in it. Kevin Mort, um, Errol did it for his three years. Um, and then progressing on. So Servideo, Gray. Um, they've had a really good run of shortstops, which has made it easier because they've had to kind of, they kind of had the dude most seasons. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're highly regarded with shortstops and catchers. So anyway, Almost ended before it ever started. Jacob feels like the type that would have preferred not to have bleached his hair. I think he had to. I'm guessing it's no longer bleached. No, I'm sure he got rid of that as soon as the uh, the season was over. He had done a poll on Twitter before the year, and it's like, okay, that's not the way to do it because everybody's going to say yes. Like, come on, like if we're gonna if you're really going to debate whether to do this or not, that's not the uh, the answer for this. From a business standpoint, we'll close here. We got practice, got stuff going on. I was shocked by this today. I saw this this morning. 
And I would have thought in 2023, and maybe this is just things I consume and whatnot, I would have guessed that healthier food options would have been on the rise versus snack cakes that were less healthy and things. Like, for whatever reason, I just assumed that more people were at least paying attention to some degree. Now, look, I get with the economy and things, healthy foods more expensive. I understand there are a lot of other factors. But J.M. Schmucker, the jelly company, they announced yesterday they're buying uh, Hostess Brands for $5.6 billion. It's supposed to close by the end of January. The deal is roughly, this is what's crazy. The deal is worth roughly $2 billion more than Hostess' current market value. $2 billion more. If you think it would behoove Smucker to reconsider throwing that kind of money in a twice bankrupt company, think again. The snack business is booming up 11% last year, according to Sakana Group. And Smucker's looking to get in on the gains between 2019 and 2022. Hostess revenue skyrocketed 50%. Meanwhile, big food behemoths Hershey and Mondello's International, which owns Oreos and Ritz, grew their overall sales by 30 and 22% respectively. For Smucker, sugary treats like Twinkies, Ho-Hos, and Ding Dongs may be especially lucrative. Indulgent snacks have grown 20% faster than healthy ones over the last three years. Oh. Is that a pandemic thing? Is that being locked in? Is that what? Well, I, I don't know why, but I just, that would nowhere near have been what would have gone through my head had you said predict what the snack and whatever company and business has done over the last three to five years. I'd get killed if I said, but I really think about this, so I won't. <laughs> Walk through a grocery store. Yeah, sure. I get it. Yeah. And just look at the people. And maybe it's not this way everywhere, but my experience is it's kind of this way everywhere. There's a reason that Europeans make fun of Americans. The pictures that always blow me away are the pictures from like the 50s and 60s of the beaches. Mm-hmm. Everybody kind of looks the same. And now it's just amazing. It really is. It's incredible how big we are as a society. We're huge. But this is where I could go on my media. (laughs) Oh, there's lots of government. Yeah, sure. There's lots of lots. Lots, There's just so much there. I just kind of was glancing down and went, hold on a minute. They're paying two billion more than it's currently worth because they're gambling on that type of continued surge at this point. Well, again, I mean, like just went, whoa. If you say something common sense about health, you're you're accused of fat shaming. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm a former fat guy. I get it, but like if you eat that stuff religiously, you're you're going to get fat. You can't you can't outrun Hostess Debbie cakes. <laughs> can't do it. <laughs> you can't do it. I like a sweet treat as much as the next guy, even though I mostly avoid them. I don't know the last time I've had a Twinkie. Like, that feels like something everybody talks about people buying more than people actually buying it. But maybe I'm wrong. Like, I don't... Even if I were going to grab something off the aisle that was like crap, I don't know that Twinkie would ever be where my mind would go. You but know I mean, what I mean? But how often do you grab stuff off the uh, aisle that's crap? No, very free, infrequently. And still struggle with it. I mean, weight-wise. Yeah. I mean, that stuff's never in our house. And I mean, I, I I'm not I'm not as fit as I'd like to be. Sure, but 
I mean, I got a sweet tooth as much as the next guy, but like stuff like that, I don't even consider eating it. It has no, it has no value at all. Apparently, it's jumping. It's on the rise. People for, just throw uh, that sure. stuff in the kids' lunches and stuff. Still, yeah, I guess yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's weird. Well, I, I think that's that's probably a decent, a decent portion of it. But you know, man, I mean, here's you know, it's just. It was the thing about not to get down the pandemic rabbit hole, but like the looking back, how did how do you know that the pandemic thing was kind of weird from the get go? If everybody were being totally honest about it, the message thing that would have started in March of twenty twenty is get outside, get it's some exercise, get get some weight off. Now's the time. This is your armor ready. This yeah, isn't yeah, yeah. fat shaming, but this thing attacks the bigger you are, the heavier you are, the more it's you you're liable to have trouble. Now's the time to go lose weight. We didn't get that message. No, no. Lock up. It was weird. Yeah. Well, a lot of places even arresting people for being outside in parks and things. Not yeah. a lot of places. Some places. Yeah. So. I mean, you know, it was, it was the whole, that messaging never came out. Hey, if you're overweight, doesn't mean you're a bad person. doesn't mean you've done anything wrong, but the virus, the virus doesn't play politics, right? The virus right. just attacks and that didn't happen no. at all. And to this day, it doesn't happen. Nobody is willing to say, hey, look, we have an obesity epidemic in our country. And no one will talk about it. Instead, if you mention it, you're shamed. Like, no politician running for president today or for governor or senator or anything could make that a key part of his or her oh, no, no, and no, no, survive no. it. The, well, back, the backlash would be unbelievable and yet they would be right yeah you couldn't win on that platform at all not even platform just mention it inside your yeah inside your deal so thanks to zach for uh his time today or not really today but thanks for uh his time when we did record uh, we will have a podcast throughout the week thursday night nfl week two we have hand raised guys the vikings at the eagles will be our game seven fifteen kickoff for that one from an nfl side so uh again Practice today, rebelgrove.com. In the meantime, we'll look at uh, Georgia Tech's quarterback situation later. Haynes King now running things for the uh, Yellow Jackets. And back with another podcast tomorrow. So take care. Talk to you then.